Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Yeah, well, good evening. My name's Richard Brownsman here from 5 through to 7 o'clock. And I'm having a two-hour special uh, because we're not having we're not having the mystery year. And we're not, my, my phone silent now. We're not having the Mr. Hugh and we're not having the 80s hour because I'm joined uh, with two guests if they kindly come in. I'm joined by Mr. Rob Hayes and Pete Selby. Good afternoon. How are you, Rich? Those poor listeners that were expecting your regular features and they've got us instead. Exactly, exactly. They were there cooking their dinner, making their tea. That's right. Yeah, yeah, talk of the town, the mystery, uh, mystery years, and all that sort of thing. But, but we'll be back next week. And together, uh, Rob and Pete produce the For Fox Sake podcast. That's correct. And you said it correctly as well, which Absolutely. I know you've been practicing. Yeah. So you've done very well. You, you've crossed the first hurdle. Thank you very much. Um, we got, actually, rather than you explaining uh, how you're sat here today and why you're sat here today, I think I should play what went out on your last uh, podcast number 49. And it went out like this, didn't it? Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake, episode 49. We're nearly at the half century, nearly. We can take our uh, helmets off and raise our back to the crowd and all that sort of thing. Are we going to have like a birthday party slash milestone celebration? I've always wanted to do a live one. You could do it on like um, Facebook Live, uh, Periscope. Oh, I'd have to um, do my hair for that. Fake, all that sort of thing. Put a cap on. All right. I'll put, I'll put my Lester hat on. Mm. I'll put my mum's Lester hat on. It's got a big bobble on the top. And I wear the cricket helmet and then take it off and wave the back to the crowd. And we could do it in a pub. I'll tell you what, why don't we start with uh, yes, suggestions? Let's not, let's not, yes, where, where what, should, where what should we, we do for our 50th episode? Where should we do it? Yeah, where, what should we do? Where should we do it? How? And also then, can you come and actually just sort it all out? Yeah, so I sat in my office at home working away, having this in the background, I thought, I've got an idea. And I uh, pinged you an email. And sure enough, uh, by coincidence, I think you guys aren't working today, obviously. And here you are. Now, can you tell us about the uh, the podcast and how it came about and what it's all about? Well, let's do a how we met, shall we? Myself and Pete met three years ago. We both responded to an advert uh, from Leicester City Football Club asking for volunteer audio describers, so, uh, um, so sort of commentators for blind and partially sighted fans at Leicester City. Uh, we both attended uh, training days. We both got selected to be part of the commentary team uh, by a company called Alan March Sport, who are sort of industry leaders, if you like, in audio description. Uh, and then uh, Alan from Alan March Sport, he did name the company after himself. It's not, it's not that creative. Said, lads, you're at the King Power most weeks. Uh, you get together. You're both Leicester fans. You're both half decent at talking. Why don't you do a podcast? And that's how it was born. Yeah, and also he's a big Forest fan as well. So he was fed up with us talking about Leicester to him. So he says, just talk to each other, and then maybe make a podcast out of it, and but we can put it out on Alan March Sport. And uh, and here we are with the live 50th episode after, obviously, you hearing the call of our 49th episode and you heard us say, can you come and uh, sort it all out for us and, and, and create the 50th live episode? And, well, thanks very much. Here we are, Rob. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's a bit metaphysical, this one, because we've got two versions going on. The show you, you're hearing now, if you're streaming us on uh, 102.3 HFM or, indeed, on our website, harbourfm.co.uk, follow the link, you can listen live, obviously. Um, that will be going out on Mixcloud 
exactly as the two-hour slot. But your podcast that goes out on Sound uh, SoundCloud, we have to edit the music out. So there's going to be two versions to listen back to, basically. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And if you if you like the music, which I'm sure you've selected a, an adequate playlist, I have the, this I've, afternoon. I've done the selection of uh, music reminding mainly of last year's uh, triumphant events down at the King Power. And why, and why not exactly fitting? But also, I mean, we have listeners from around the world who are listening right now on the live stream, and uh, we've put the message out there through Twitter and Facebook and social media. And yeah, we base ours on SoundCloud, but it's also on iTunes and, and YouTube and, and the following platforms. But uh, So yeah, so it's a big hello to everyone who's listening around the world who, who listen, because obviously after the success of last season, Leicester's now a, a worldwide club with fans all in all corners of the earth and uh, yeah they're looking forward to you know listening to the show and uh, listening to Hobber FM absolutely so we're going to do a bit of housekeeping at the beginning uh, I'm going to say how you can get in contact with the show because we're going to have little sections and different topics and uh, a lot of the questions have already been uh, passed on to me friends and things like that around uh, Facebook page and whatever but we we love the interaction now if you want to call the usual studio way you can give us a call on 01858 464 however there's not much music tonight and it's kind of it's kind of a one-man show here, so if, unless you hear a record, I won't be picking up the telephone. So it's better to text us on 60300, starting a message with HFM on space, or we just don't get it, it'll be a waste. Or you could do studio at harbourfm.co.uk. And Pete, uh, you, you're, you're going to have your uh, media lines open for questions, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm standing by in the social media hub, and the uh, best way is, is through Twitter, if you're on Twitter or you know anyone who is, and then uh, you can use the hashtag uh, for foxsake50, for foxsake50. Just use that hashtag and send uh, any questions in about Leicester City, about how we started, about if you've listened to any episodes or any questions that you have about anything to do with the club, then just use that. Uh, hashtag and of course also email us at forfoxapodcast at gmail.com absolutely now, my first question that really really stands out as obvious one is well audio descriptions why don't i just listen why, why don't I just listen to the radio if i'm visually impaired it is a question that everybody asks uh, and it's uh, something that we're trying to drum into every single club across the country because a lot of them say oh we provide free radio headsets for our blind and partially sighted supporters they're fine uh, if you listen to radio commentary these days the likelihood is that especially on goals and exciting moments you have not got an at, at any clue where the goal was scored from, how it was scored. You'll you probably know who it was scored by, followed by wild screaming of the commentator. It's very entertaining. It's the way that radio's gone these days. I'm not necessarily saying it's the wrong way, but audio description is very much a, what is happening, where is the ball, there and then in that moment. When the ball is on the field of play, we focus on nothing but the ball, and then we, we, we do a bit, a bit of a summary sort of when the ball's out of play and we, we get equally as excited as radio commentators. Pete stands up and everything. He literally can't keep his bum on his seat when Leicester score. Yeah. Not just when they score, when they've got a throw-in near the halfway line, I get excited. It's just very excitable anyway. But it, 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 it is calling the action exactly how it happens so that blind and partially sighted supporters do not miss a single kick of the ball. Exactly. So imagine if you're watching the game and you're talking to a friend, but whilst you're talking to your friend, you are still following the ball with your eyes. And you're having that conversation with a friend about anything and everything, but you're still watching the ball. What we do with audio description commentary at Leicester City, as Rob said, we follow the ball at all times. Three rules are, where's the ball, 
where's the ball, and also, where is that ball? And as soon as it goes out of play and we say it's going to be a goal kick, then we could maybe exaggerate of what's going on and talk about formations and that, because obviously everyone knows for a goal kick, the ball's being thrown back to the keeper. It's almost like going back to the old days of radio before TV, because you used to have some, uh, if, I, if I remember right, you used to have some Great commentators, system. I'm going square four, square five, yes. back to square one, where it comes from. It's literally from square one's the goalie, wasn't it, or something like that, or back left of the pitch, or... Yeah, yeah. You, a grid, it was a grid that was printed in the Radio Times, uh, and essentially, radio listeners uh, listening to football commentary are essentially blind. They cannot see the game, so that grid system was designed so that they'd know exactly where the ball was at all times. So that's kind of, uh, it is a, a back to radio's roots, if you like, but it is, uh, it's so, so integral to the match day experience of the supporters, because we actually give out the uh, receivers that they listen on. Uh, at, at a collection point at the stadium so we meet everybody that we commentate for oh, right, uh, and, yeah. we, and we say to them look uh, how can we improve the service are you happy with it and they say gone are the days when listening to the radio uh, in my seat was adequate you guys are are spot on and you're giving us everything that we need yeah the, I mean you don't have to be he said partially sighted uh, fully blind to actually listen to the service and enjoy it uh, one uh, person who uses the service for example he sits behind the goal halfway up the stand and he can see just outside the area and there's a wall of fog that's how he describes it a wall of fog so he can see to about the 22 in using rugby terms and when he's listening to us commentating he turns his head and he looks down the right hand side because he knows where the ball is going to come out the fog he knows there's a long ball down the right hand side and people around him go how do you know where the ball's coming from he says because i listen to his service and it's not just leicester on the attack i know who's got it how they've passed the ball and where it's been passed from so i know exactly where to look and when the ball comes out the fog i know it's how it's got there and then i can enjoy just that last 22 and that's just one example of someone who uses the free service so you can you obviously can uh commentate uh very admirably can you predict scores admirably though because before we um, last night i emailed you guys and said look can you get the super six ones and just give us your score predictions i emailed simon who is actually still in the studio doing some work in the studio too and we we're basically following the rules of a super six and it's two for the right uh, result five for a correct score well I didn't know what the points were, so can I just change my answers again? Because I didn't no. know what the... Oh, okay. You told me a bit as well. So, the first one up was Amanu versus Burnley. And, stupidly, I haven't actually written down the results of the... Uh, the fact you, you got the results, haven't you? Because you know them off... The, you know them off... You, osmosis, you, you absorb them. <laughs> so, Manu versus Burnley, what was the result? Just confirming the full-time result. It was goalless. It was nil-nil. It was heroics by the goalkeeper, uh, Heaton. And Ibrahimovic let me down because I think I went for a three. I think I went for a yeah. Three. You went for Pete. You went for three nil. Yeah, that was, um, that was bad. Rob went for two nil. I went for two one. And Simon went for two nil as well. So that's, that's just uh, it's tragic all round. That is zero across that's the board. Zero yep. point all round. Uh, Middlesbrough versus Bournemouth. What was the result? Full time there. Middlesbrough to Bournemouth nil. Okay, I said it will be two one to Bournemouth. Zero point. Uh, Simon went for an away win 1-0 So that's 0 as well Rob, 2-1 to Bournemouth And Pete, you said 1-0 to Bournemouth Yeah, that's another tragic guess so Is that 0 points for everybody yeah. again? Yeah, we're, we're actually reflecting here uh, iro Ironically, the away performance of Leicester this year with the points <laughs> So yeah, we're so far <laughs> Failing at the first level So the first time. two are, are wonky there Now Watford versus Hull How did that finish? That please? finished 1-0 to Watford uh, An unfortunate own goal for Michael Dawson Oh yes, because I said 1-0 Five points 
to the Bransby. How about that? Notice how it's gone to five points, and I'm sure when we came into the building this morning it was four, but, uh, no. Anyway, carry on. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon said two nil, so he gets a couple of points. Nil, uh, two all, uh, t uh, yeah, two all, Rob. I went for a goal fest and didn't get one. No. Uh, and two nil to Pete. See, it's two points to you. Get in. Okay. Uh, so West Brom versus Man City. Yeah, final score, West Brom nil, Man City four. Ooh, it was a slaughter, wasn't it? Uh, I said 3-1 to Man City, so a couple of points. 3-0 said Simon, two points. 3-0 to you, Rob, two points. And Pete, 2-1. Uh, so a couple of points away. Okay. Excellent. Okay, so uh, Brighton versus Norwich. Ouch. Yeah, the, uh, let me just double check that Brighton didn't score any more goals. No, full-time Brighton, five, Norwich, nil. Yes, five, nil in the hat-trick, wasn't it, in there as well? So. The hat-trick for Glenn Murray, and a goal for former Leicester man Anthony Canockart as well. What a player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two all, I said. Ooh. Same just, yeah, so zero for me. Uh, Simon went for the away win. That so you get could minus not have gone that. more wrong if he no, tried. No, and Rob won all. Zero points, and you went for the way win, Pete. Yeah, I was going to just gloss over that, but uh... so the scores on the doors, it's eleven all. Well, that's good. Well, that's uh, that, that's we, apt. we might have missed a game. Well, it's not you have missed a game because we missed Tottenham versus. Uh, yes, we did. We did, and uh, there we go. I said two one to Leicester ambitiously, and Simon said nil uh, oh, one nil to Leicester, so no points there. Uh, Rob, you, this is how you got your glory back here with predicting a one-all draw, and uh, you went 2-1 Tottenham. Yeah, I'm a realist. Yes, because you you're, you're, you're also, your other hat is uh, bookmaking, isn't it, as well, and uh, presenting with bookmakers. Yeah, well, I, I, I went for a Spurs win, because if Spurs did win 2-1, then I would celebrate because I got it right, but then if I was wrong, it means that Leicester have got a result, so basically it's a win-win situation. Win-win for you. Exactly. Now, we were going to discuss about the uh, Tottenham game, because you guys were uh, streaming, uh, what, you, you were being interviewed, weren't you, whilst uh, you had... Yeah, we had a little stint on, on Fan TV, who got in touch a similar time to you, actually. I don't know what it is about this week. But multitasking. Though. Yeah, and they said, oh, do you want to come on via Skype and Skype into the studio during the game? So we went on... Just after Musa's goal, actually, just after the leveller, so it wasn't a bad time to go on. No, not at all. I mean, they're based down in London, and I think I possibly offended and annoyed every single London Spurs fan around. So, uh, so it was jo good job all around, really. Good Excellent. Job Excellent. There. <laughs> so uh, I haven't seen the game because I was too busy in the other studio trying to put records together and whatnot. So uh, yes, it, well, first of all, to get a point away at White Hart Lane, it doesn't matter what we did last season. Doesn't matter what they did last season. It's a great point, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, especially after the first half. I think we were. Uh, it's safe to say we were under the cosh somewhat during the first half. I mean, the possession stats for Leicester, more so away from home than at home, are always going to be against our favour. Uh, but Spurs had a lot of possession in our half and caused quite a few problems they, they possibly on the balance of play they deserve to be ahead but not after that shocking penalty decision no not at all the the referee got booed off at half time by both sets of supporters how often does that happen wow. after giving a penalty rob Huth apparently had his arm across um the attacker's body and he went to ground like uh, a sack of spuds and that, that, it, it was Janssen and Janssen yeah. is a big fella he, well, he, he's too big for a forward yeah he's he, not very mobile not at all that's, that's a very polite way of putting it yeah uh, this but, is a, but you'd a think he'd have a bit of forward. strength about him though wouldn't you if, if, he's, if he's not got a, a lot of pace or agility surely getting stroked on the chest 
by Robert Huth is not going to knock you over. No, I mean, it would do any normal man in the street, but uh, this is a guy who's been signed for 10, 12 million, scored a lot of goals in Holland, and he's just fell to the ground. And I think after booking a few uh, players for Tottenham, what the referee's done, he's just bade to the pressure from the stands and gave the penalty which they've scored. So Leicester have gone in 1-0 down at half-time and then it sounds like a, a few wise words from uh, Don Ranieri himself and uh, and a few substitutions. And the second half was completely different. Leicester were back into the game, they were pressurising down the wings, getting the ball into the centre and they got the goal and it wasn't like it was a late-on scramble for a point. It was a goal early from Musa and Musa coming in from the left using that bit of striker's instincts but what a cross from Vardy. Yeah. Yeah, he's put he's put it into the right area. He's made the right decision there, and I think making the right decision at the the current kind of run that Vardy's on, he could have got a bit desperate there and just smacked it against the defender's shins uh, in an attempt on goal. But he's he's gone goalless in whatever it is now eight games or I think nine maybe. But he he was provider for Maris's goal in the Champions League the other week. The cross for Slamani to nod back across provider here for Musa, and as you say, Musa just coming in off that left hand side. Plenty of pace, brave as well to get there and hurt himself in the in the challenge, but put it in the back of the net. Yeah, he took an absolute age to get to his feet, and then Leicester were back into the game. And towards the end of the of the second half, it was end to end, and there was plenty of dangerous free kicks from either side. Balls into the area. Uh, Spurs hit the crossbar, but then Leicester late on through substitute Leo Ajoa, well inches wide nearly the last touch a, of the game it as was well. a yeah, glancing header and it would have been great obviously for the three points it would have been great to defeat Spurs and get our way season in theory back up and running but also wouldn't it have been good for Ojoa to get the winning goal as well well he did it a bit last season didn't he he, he, was, did. he was out of the side in patches last season as well uh, it was fairly well documented that they were probably trying to offload him on transfer deadline day once Slomani was confirmed but he, he's still in the squad he's a good squad player to have he's a good menace to bring on at that stage and inches away from making the difference and there's a real presence about him as well I mean I watched the uh, Chelsea uh, Cup game uh, not a great result in the end I uh, think that Polish defender we won't talk about uh, yeah we but, don't talk about it. he's not a Leicester player anymore I don't think you want to talk about mind. him anyway because if you do and you might say something bad you, you might bump into him imagine yeah. bumping into him He's quite formidable. He'd be like an eclipse. But as Joe came on, he, he was subbed on later on, and there's just something, there's just a presence about him straight away, and just, uh, you know, he means business. And, you know, he's, he's kind of drifted away a little bit, hasn't he, really? He's brought more and more expensive players in. He's not really quite finding uh, the starting lineup or even coming on anymore, uh, which is a bit of a shame. And uh, he'll probably, uh, if Brighton, I think, I don't know, maybe if we're in Brighton, if Brighton get promoted next year, we might find a little move there, possibly. Or He'd be a good signing for any Premier League club, mid table Premier League club. I mentioned. Uh, earlier off air about say Sunderland They're, they need a striker alongside Defoe and Ajoa would fit that mould but I'm glad he stayed he lost a bit of weight towards the end of the season as well when he came on he looked sharp scored an important goal we all remember against Norwich mm. and he's still a, a key member of the squad and Ranieri always mentions about Ajoa saying what a good person he is behind the scenes a really good trainer as well and I think um, when you're just a, a supporter of a club you maybe just look at the results on the field of play uh, which I know matters an awful lot but there's a lot of things that happens behind the scenes and players in squads who you might just think oh he's rubbish he doesn't get involved when actually they are key members of the squad who might not be in the first team but that behind the scenes they matter an awful lot that's when they just bring the teams together don't and also as well we, we, we had a good run with no injuries or very uh, minor injuries relatively to other uh, think of Harry Kane for instance uh, but you never know you're only a game away from losing a couple of strikers or so it's good to have a 
Plan B, isn't it? You definitely need a backup, and someone who's used to Premier League football, scored goals in the Premier League to come off the bench or maybe start a few games. It happened towards the end of last season. Obviously, this season we've boosted our forward line with the likes of Musa and Slomani, but having Ajoa there in the background, I wouldn't want to see him go at Christmas. I wouldn't blame him, but I don't want to see him leave at all. We are going to discuss, well, I still, I still can't say Champions League and Leicester just seems really, still seems a weird. Yeah, they in the same, be sentence, in the same sentence, should but they? But have never been or something like that in there. But no, but you, you've got one up on Rob because you've not cried basically when you've mentioned Champions League and Leicester. Right, I didn't cry. There might have been a bit of moisture in my eye when the Champions League music played and I got to commentate on the teams walking out. That in my eye, that's crying, Rob. There, that's a crying. Tear, I don't think a tear rolled down my eye quite. At the Leicester City Stadium. Yes, that's yeah. weird. Because I was the first game against Porto and you joined me for the second game against Copenhagen in, uh, the other week. And um, it's, it is just fantastic. Obviously, we all know about the music, but it's the way that they put the music on so loud and they wait for the players to line up properly and then bang... Music comes on and it's just superb. It's something else. I mean, obviously, the last game, you know, half the fans got a tan on one side of their face because of the 50 or so flares in the away end, which uh, I quite liked, it, but uh, obviously you're not meant to do that. But uh, Slightly illegal. It's slightly illegal. Against health and safety. I always thought that song was Handel and Sadok the Priest, which is a classical piece from like centuries ago, but it was actually written in 92, uh, commissioned for them, and it's a complete, utter... Rip off. It is. It's, it's similar to some of Handel's later work, I think. You think so? so yes. yes. They used it for the coronation and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, 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 they take over everything. There's no, there's no, there's no Birchie out there, is there? And there's no, uh, there's they no do post on gallop. They do change the whole format. So how many times has Leicester walked out or ran out as they used to at Filbert Street to the post on gallop? That doesn't happen. They don't have obviously the trumpeter out on the field. Birchnell's been banished to the uh, stands. Um, but. Yeah, you get rid of everything like that, but it's worth it for that moment. Oh, it is. I mean, we do miss those things, but it, to be honest, what it does for me, it shows how good Leicester, how, how Leicester do it, and they do it so well before a game. They have Birchnell, they have the build-up, they have now, obviously, the uh, the selected music and Nessa Dorma, et cetera, et cetera, showing the images on the screen. They really do whip up the crowd into a frenzy compared to a lot of other clubs in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And now in the Championship, Champions League, we're not allowed to do that. Shows you what actually we do have at the club. Yeah. Yeah, Birchnell's not just a shouty ex-player. No. Well, he is still a shouty ex-player. still a shouty player, <laughs> But on the field, it's been fantastic, and, you know, yet to concede a goal, three wins out of three. It could, it could not have gone better. No, it, it started well from the second that we were in the draw, didn't it? When the draw came out and we got probably th the three easiest teams, if you like, from the three pots, in a way... I wasn't disappointed in the slightest. Yes, you want to play against the big boys, but you want to be doing that a bit later along in the competition. The fact that we got... Uh, OK, yeah, look, Copenhagen are, are a very decent side. They play in a division that's not massively competitive, but they, they were a very good outfit. Porto are obviously former European champions, but Bruges, a bit of a whipping boy. But I thought it might take the edge off of the Champions League nights a little bit, but not in the slightest. Not in the slightest at all. I mean, the one thing that we do have to remember is that we are in a group with four teams, all who have won their respective leagues. Absolutely. So we are in a Champions League group. And uh, obviously, when it first came out, we all want to go to the away days. We wanted it to be a nice draw. It was more like a, a stag-do list rather than a Absolutely. Champions yeah, League. Yeah, and it's a nice one, an easy jet, isn't it? Or other airlines are 
available, of course. Exactly. And so far, it's not disappointed. Obviously, Porto, the big team in there alongside us. Um, and I think we've, we don't underestimate anyone being Leicester fans at all because we are the team who are underestimated by all of the clubs. And I think the quality of Copenhagen that they showed at the... Uh, King Power slash Leicester City Stadium the other day. They are a very decent team, just lacking a little bit up front and out wide. Apart from that, they are a very good European team who would cause a lot of upsets, especially at their place. They're really good at home. So when you play Copenhagen and supporters of other clubs might go, it's only Copenhagen, they don't understand. They haven't lost for ages. They've had a goal in for ages, I, I believe, haven't they? I mean, they're nearly really solid, 30, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, uh, you're going to Copenhagen, aren't you? I am going to Copenhagen, Now, top yes. tip for you, a friend of, my, a friend of mine has just come back from Copenhagen for the half-term holidays. Excellent. And you need to find your way, I'm trying to multitask here, we've got more screens in this than a uh, vision hire from the 80s. And uh, this is Claire, a friend of mine, she came out and says, you need to find your way to the Hotel Kong Arthur. Right. Because they have, they don't have happy hour, they have cosy hour. Cozy hour. And it's basically, well, it's about, it's about £12 for a glass of wine out in Copenhagen and about £15 for a bottle of beer. It's ridiculous. It's free. Completely free? Yeah. Cozy so cozy hour. hour. It's not mauled wine because it's cozy. And no, 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 it's not. They don't do puns. Oh, right. Um, but, but <laughs> so I don't know if it's for residents or not, so just sort of hold a key and look like you... You know, come down with a towel or something or something like that. You know, look like you're part of the act. Well, if it's a respectable place, then I will stand out like a sore thumb. But obviously, everyone listening to the show who knows me and uh, just write that down for me, and uh, we can uh, toddle along and uh, sample a few for free, yeah. which will be good because obviously now the pounds fell through the floor. Everything's about twenty pound. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, but it was another, another nice thing. The away days are there. What three beautiful cities to go to? Fantastic. Everyone had a good time away in Bruges. Uh, Copenhagen looks like it's going to be the same. And then you've got the luxury of Porto, which we might have already won the group, fingers crossed. We can win the group on Wednesday. It, it, that, that is unbelievable. Not just for the Champions League, but also that will have an effect then on the Premier League campaign. We all know that Ranieri's rested a few players. Slomani was out of the team today and out of the squad because of a mysterious groin injury, was it? A minor groin strain. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery ones. Uh, one, yeah. one of them ones that gives him an excuse not to have to put him in the match Absolutely. day squad and answer any questions. Exactly. And obviously if we've already won the, uh, the Champions League group, then we can then play our full squad, our full team at any place in the Premier League. So before we park uh, Europe and Champions League, quick predictions. How far do you think they can go? Obviously, it depends on who we get out of the group stage. But I fancy us. We're so good at home that I think over two legs we can make that home advantage count for more than most of the teams can. So I, I, most teams, whoever we get in the next round, I'd fancy us to make the quarters. Yes, I do as well. I think right now you can almost predict the four teams we could possibly face in the next round. A couple of them could be big German teams, but the others could be the likes of Monaco and Sevilla, and they would not want to come to the King Power Stadium, so I'm going to say quarterfinals as well. Quarterfinals and... Quarterfinals. I'm going to go semis. Ooh, I like it. Right, so take us up to the top of the hour. What we're going to do is we're going to do... I'm going to put you on the spot here. I want the player ratings so far, marks out of 10... And uh, just a quick soundbite to justify your score. We always have a bit of a falling out on these, don't Excellent. we? Excellent. Some, not, some of them we match. Fun. Some of them we match really well, but other times we have a, a quite a varied opinion, and then we end up trying to. So it's a bit like Strictly here, isn't it? But we're sort of Fox Strictly. We're going to do. Here. Yeah, I mean, what we will do, we will have a. Uh, I will say a number. He says a different number. We'll talk about it and decide that I'm right. Okay, so let's start at the top. Uh, first one, Casper Schreichel. 
Nine. I've gone for eight. Okay. And of course, this is a great game to play at home. So when we say the name of the uh, of the player for Leicester, what do you think out there? Do you think an eight or a nine? Say say the number in your own head. I've gone for eight, nine. I think we're, we're going to just agree on that one. I think we can agree on he's played well this season, and yeah. of course in the Champions League. And that save against he, Copenhagen, he, best he, save I've ever seen live. He gets a nine just for that save. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'll agree on a nine. Okay. There. Okay. Well, how about new goalie Ron Robert Stolar? I've Seven. Gone, I've gone for a six because he's looked solid, but when he's played, he's conceded a lot of goals, and I just think it's the confidence that the defenders have in Schmeichel. It isn't there with a new goalkeeper, which is completely understandable. So, six or seven. But he looks decent, and he's obviously a better uh, reserve goalkeeper than uh, Mark Schwarzer. Much better. Yes. He couldn't get much worse. No, I mean, he, he's under 40 for a start. <laughs> That's a quick soundbite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, well, we do like to talk a bit. Uh, <laughs> let's Reel move, us along. Reel us along. Let's move on to the defence. Uh, pretty tricky, this one. Louis Hernandez. I've just gone for a solid seven. Same here. Okay. And how about Wes? Big Wes. Now, I've, I've based my numbers partly on what they managed to attain last season. So, because he's looked a bit out of sorts and been at fault for a few goals, I've said six. I've gone for six as well, but he's been fantastic at home. And pour away new rules. We all know what the new rules are. I can't grab and hold and all the old things. He's an old player. End of the day, he's struggled with the new rules. Not his fault. Six. Absolutely. And the thing, if it's a school report, it's been a bit disappointing this year compared to what he achieved last year, isn't it? Yes. He's, he, he's not being shouted out. Just disappointed in you. Now, Mr. Mr. Robert Hooth. Ah, six on his I've back. given him a seven. I've given him a six because Hooth and Morgan are a pair and they will get the same score. But mm. Hooth looks better than Morgan. In, okay. my, in my humble opinion. Okay, Danny Simpson. Simpson, nine. I've got a nine as well. I've got a nine for Simpson, who, if you ask me at the start of the season, would which player do you think that we might need to replace or where would you be able to improve on or who would maybe lack this season, especially in the Champions League, it would be Simpson. And Simpson got my man of the match against Copenhagen. He's been brilliant. And, and he almost deserves an England call-up, or should do. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I'm going to skip over the gentleman. I'm going to say his name with number 27 on his back. Thank you very much. Four. Three, I've got. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, Christian Fuchs. I've given him an eight. I've given a seven, and I'll agree with your eights. For a start, I think actually an eight because of the goal the other day. Yeah. Um, solid. Yeah, Good but Mr. Reliable, isn't he? Absolutely there. Uh, this is probably quite a trickle, difficult one. Uh, ben Luani. Hmm. He's been captaining the development squad. Yes. Um, I'm just going to go for four because he's done well there and I've not seen him for... Agree. agree. Exactly. He's not played for the first team, but he's been playing. He's still there and he sends decent tweets out. And Instagram as well. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay, we move on to the midfielders and Danny Drinkwater. Nine. I've gone for a nine. Player of the year so far. Should be the, one of the first names on the England team, let alone in the squad. Should have been playing for England in the Euros. Uh, best player at the club currently by quite a distance. Um, and missing Canty as well. Not being fed as he like he was last mm. year. But we'll, we'll talk about that in, uh, later on, in no doubt. Uh, can't really go to talk about Matty James. Nearly, he's nearly fit, isn't he? Good, uh, just good to see. He played an hour for the under-23s yesterday, I think. So Yeah, it'd be a good signing for another club because I don't think he'll wear a City shirt again. He had about half an hour, didn't he? He had to come in the, uh, whatever it's called these days, the Trekker trade. Uh, yeah, in the in the group stage of that weird, weird, weird. Very, but very I, when I mean uh, I don't think he'll play for Leicester again, that's 
that's not saying I hope he doesn't play. I just don't think he, he'll be fit enough to play Premier League football. I think he'll drop down a couple of divisions. Absolutely. Now, this is, this is uh, Andy King. Uh, up until the last three games, it probably have given him a six, but he's been bumped up to an eight. I've gone for a seven, but I'll agree with you, eight. Um, we are agreeing too much. This is really bad. The way he's played in the last few games, he's almost made that central role his own, which we probably would be saying every single year for the ten plus years he's been at the club. But he really has. He, is he the missing? Is he the missing link in midfield since Kante's gone? Has he been there all along? Didn't we, we didn't need to sign these players? No, he has been for the last three games, certainly. Yes, for me, absolutely. Uh, Welsh international, you know, so it's not a good player. He's been there since about two thousand eight, I think. Was he came along? Been there for a yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Long time, yeah. Now, uh, Mark Albrighton. Seven. Solid. Dependable. Uh, I've gone for a six, and the main reason I've gone for a six is because he scored the goal away uh, in Bruges, the first Champions League goal for Leicester, so that's the, the, the quiz question. That's going to be the quiz question for years to come. Absolutely, isn't Leicester's it? first uh, Champions League goal. He's now no longer in the team. Uh, he's done well at starts, but he's, he is limited. But a six, seven? Six or seven. Okay, uh, Daniel Marty. I think if you one game you could give him a nine, another game you could give him a five. So I've gone in the middle and gone seven because he's. I mean, I'd take take an average of his performances. So. Yeah, at home he's an eight, and away he's a five. So I completely agree. He's only young and he's learning in the Premier League. He's got a lot of attributes, and I think he'll just get better and better. And don't forget about those really good performances at home. He struggled massively at Anfield and Old Trafford. Okay, we can't really talk about um, Kapuska, really, can we? Because he's a sort of a no shame. We've not seen him. I think we've Absolutely. got to wait till the FA Cup third round to see him. Or he, I a trust lot of injuries out wide. I trust Ranieri with the way he's going to be bringing him through. Yeah. He's obviously bought him ahead of lots of other clubs. We've put, we've paid a lot of money for him, and but he is only nineteen. He's so. nineteen, but I think we've bought him because a lot of clubs are after him. And we've got a glimpse in the Euros of what he. Could potentially do yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah. He plays for he plays for Poland, who are a really decent outfit. Mm. So the talent is there, and I think it will be some. He will replace Maris. Okay, this is this is an interesting. Uh, Jeffrey Schlopp. He's not really a footballer, is he? You don't rate him at all. Not, you think no. he's thought he, this would happen? He's yeah. he's quick, he's powerful, but give him a football, not a clue. You, Six out of ten. Yeah, you've got him in the bracket of athlete first, footballer second, footballer fiftieth. Um, the forty nine things. I'll, that I'll just do. say a four because he's been disappointing this season. Um, I hope he pl- I hope he plays. I hope he plays well. He's got all the attributes, but he is a little bit clumsy. And for a, a centre forward, because he, remember he used to be a centre forward before he went to a fullback and all out wide. He's terrible at shooting. Yeah. yeah let's move on. No, this is one of my favourite players at the moment, Damari Gray. Yeah, again, a player that we want to see a bit more of, I think. But um, I think he does as well. Yeah, by, by yeah. yeah. Some, some of his slightly sarcastic uh, hinting tweets and social media posts would suggest so. Uh, great goal against Manchester United. Uh, but not seen a lot of him. Six out of ten, I've gone. I've gone for eight because he... It's not his fault that he's not playing, but when he's played, he's played really well. So when he has been on the field of play, he's deserved an eight. And I know we're coming up to a firework night. He is a lit firework that's not gone off yet. And if he does go off, he could want to move to a big club because he's not playing, and he should be. Absolutely, I totally agree with that one there. Um, Difficult one here. Mendy got injured at Arsenal. We haven't really seen him since. Difficult, isn't it? Yeah, 
I was really, really, really disappointed for him against Arsenal because he'd started to look like he was picking up the pace of the Premier League. He'd started to look like he knew what he was doing in a Leicester shirt and then he rolled over on his ankle and that was that. But I've, I've gone for six out of ten. I've gone for six as well because, again, we've just not seen him. But what we've seen is that there is a classy footballer there that we've bought, a player we've been after for a number of years as well, and just we hope to get him back playing. OK, uh, PFA Player of the Year, number 26, and also candidate for Balloon Dior, if I've pronounced that correctly, Mr. Riyad Mahrez. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Why don't you go first on this one, Pete? I've gone for a six purely because you've got to base it on this season and the heights of last season put that to one side he's been a six because he's been slightly disappointed I thought you were going to tell me I was being harsh at seven now in a second I'm going to kind of test test your friendship here so uh, you know pub questions Yes. They used to have a good pub debate and someone say, who produces the most coffee? You go, it's Brazil. No, it's not. It's uh, Kenya. And you, you talk about it for hours. Now you just go on Google. Oh, yes, yeah, Kenya. Uh, boring. Now, they've got to be Google free. So, who is, like the touch paper and retreat, who is the greatest 11, starting 11 uh, Leicester City players? Oh, 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 dream oh, team. See, this, is, this will be difficult because obviously we are from a recent era. You know, we, we didn't well, see the Myself 60s. more recent than you. We Let's didn't see the si- yes. We didn't see the sixties. We didn't see the seventies. Um, we didn't see many of the eighties. And also, we went around for the thirties when you got people like Rowley and Chandler scoring goals. So it's going to be difficult. So I presume we're going to start with the goalkeeper then. I think we'll start. Yeah, we'll start with goalies yeah. and work our way through the field. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, go on then, Pete. I'll let you go first. In goal, I've got a player who's won the World Cup. Yeah, me too. Gordon Banks. Yeah, Gordon Banks. Not Peter Shilton. Not Peter Shilton. No. Uh, not Tim Flowers, not Kasper Schmeichel. Not Casey Keller. No. I've gone for Gordon Banks. He won the World Cup. He was the best goalkeeper in the world at the time, and he played for Leicester City. Yeah. Flamboyance, I'll go for Mark Wallington, but that's not the... Uh, that's not the... Uh, <laughs> longevity. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, we're going for Gordon Banks. I think that's one of the more less contentious ones, isn't it, there, really? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's talk defence. Are we going 4-4-2, by the way? Uh, I was going to go 4-4-2 for simplicity, but I had to change it to fit a player into midfield, so I've gone 3-5-2. I've gone 3-5-2 as well. I've gone for a classic O'Neill formation. Reminds me of the 90s, that. Exactly. The early noughties. Okay, right, far away, who've you got? Okay, my first choice, I've gone for Frank McClintock. Um, I've consulted many people as well, and I had him in brackets, but unanimous decision by a lot of people... Frank McClintock is in my all-time best 11. And not as the manager, though? Definitely not as the manager. <laughs> Definitely not. What, what absolute disaster. But classy, classy player. Went on to better things at Arsenal. Uh, my first choice on the right side of a three-man defence is Matt Elliott. I completely agree. And mainly because I've got Matt Elliott in my defence as my second defender. Have Matt you? Elliott, you lift the trophy, scored goals, great centre-half. Uh, Great leader as well. Yes. Yeah. Could have gone to many bigger clubs as well. Could have gone to Spurs, which is apt, obviously, for today. Um, I've got Elliot as my second defender. And a brilliant signing that we plucked from Oxford, from yeah. mediocrity. Uh, my second defender is Wes Morgan, because mm-hmm. he captained the Premier League champions. Did he? Yeah. When was that? L- last year. Oh, fantastic. Just, just played We Are The Champions. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that was Wes. So, you've got Wes Morgan... I've also got Wes Morgan as my third defender because of the uh, reasons just stated. Also, the fact that he lifted the championship as well. Um, 
I think Wes Morgan should be in the best all-time eleven quite easily as well. So my back three are Elliot, McClintock and Morgan. My third and final defender is also a leader, Steve Walsh. Yeah, I've got Walsh on the bench because obviously we all know Mr Leicester City, but he just doesn't get into my starting eleven, which a lot of people out there would be shouting, are you you an idiot? No, I'm Matt Elliott, McClintock, Morgan, and you've gone for Elliott, Morgan and Walsh. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I've, I was taking consult with someone who's slightly older than us who remembers the more days, and some names got thrown up was David Nish in about the late sixties, sixties, yes. ahead of his time defender. Yeah, uh, sort of elegance defender, wasn't he back then? Sort of hoofing around, he really was a good footballer. Uh, Dennis Ralph. Yeah, the, the, I've got a lot of these names listed as well, but uh, and again, because of our ages, um, I've dismissed a few. But again, if, if you look at what Elliot and Morgan have done. It's hard yeah. to disagree. They, they, they won the trophies. Yeah. Okay, and um, should we move on to midfield? Yeah, let's go midfielders. Okay, I'll start. Uh, so we go, both go for five midfielders. I'm going to start with a name I think every single Leicester fan listening to this has picked in their team, and that's Weller. Keith Weller. Yeah. Have you got him? I have. Fantastic. I, if you didn't have Weller in your team, I, you know, that would have been it. He's there. We would have ended he, episode 50. He's there on my left wing. Yep, I've got uh, Weller for every reason that we all know. Fantastic player. Um, even those, such as us two, who uh, never saw him play, you know, you see the videos and you just hear what people say about him. Uh, he, goes into, he goes into every team. Sub-question, yep. if you could pick him up from the 70s and give him uh, the sports, uh, sports uh, work they do and then the diets and all the rest of it and the technology that's come along with football, put him next to Riaz. Um, yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of players in that era who we'll be mentioning probably in the next few minutes that maybe would well would not have made it as a footballer now. But if they had the skill and you put them with the sports science and the fitness regimes and, and the healthy eating and all that and the lack of drink, would they have made it? Yes. Would Miller well have made it? Yes, of course. I would George so. Best have made it today? Yes, of course he would. Yeah. Absolutely. So, anyway, yeah, so we... Uh, who is it you just said? Sorry. We agree for Weller. Yeah, what about Weller, the other yeah. wing? The other wing, I've gone for Riyad Mahrez. Me too. But you don't win PFA Player of the Year in the Premier League and get not get into the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, exactly. I know he's not had the greatest of seasons so far this year, but, but we could, by the end of the season, if he does go at the end of the season, we could be looking back on the best player that's ever played for Leicester. He is that skillful. He's had that much of an impact. Last season was just the best player in the league. He's definitely in there. Yep. <laughs> So, we agree on that one as well. I this can't believe... Hang on. Have we agreed on all but one of our selections so far? This means it's the, the definitive 11, then, if we agree. I am, I am disappointed. And I think we're going to fall out to right now. To be totally honest with you, we have refused to discuss this between each other. We have said, look, make your mm-hmm. own. Don't talk about it at all to each other. So, centre midfielders. Yeah. Three of them. Yeah. Okay, I've gone for um, Mustafa Is it? He mm. he is on my in brackets. Wanted to put him in, but couldn't find a space for him. Okay, I've gone for is it because of the longevity, the skill, the f- huge goals, but also I've got him ahead of a few players from that era because he stayed at the club and he helped us get promotion again. Yeah, um, is it? Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. He's not on my on my lineup. But Go on. Uh, this is the man that I made three defenders instead of four for to get into the midfield. Who'd have thought I'd have said this 18 months ago? Danny Drinkwater. You've picked Danny Drinkwater, who, as uh, regular listeners do for Fox's sake, would have uh, realised you slated massively, and you've picked him in your all-time 11 
for Leicester City. Yeah. How dare you? Because he's in my team, <laughs> and we cannot agree this much. Danny Drinkwater is in my think, team. You thought that was a safe one, didn't you? you I didn't thought it was safe. That. I thought that he wouldn't be in your team. I've gone for Danny Drinkwater for all the above reasons. He's won the Championship, he's won the Premier League, he should be a regular for England, he's the best player at the club right now, and if you compare him to other players, the likes of people like Neil Lennon, etc., um, he's just a step above. He's one of the best midfielders in the country. Can I throw in Canty into the mix here? Uh, you can, but he's just been thrown back out. He no, left. he's in my team. Is he really? Yeah. He's your third centre midfielder? Yeah, because he was a hugely, hugely important component of our title-winning campaign. And and you don't sell a central midfielder for £30 million if he's no good. I agree. I've not got Kante in there. Um, I've gone for Frankie Wertho. I've gone for Frank Worthington, uh, just ahead of Drinkwater in Is It. What a great uh, midfield diamond that would be. Frank Worthington, for all the reasons where he was uh, you know, a superb player, would he have made it as a footballer? Now, that's a good question. Mm. Um Frankie was of his day almost, wasn't he? So he's like, he's such a flamboyant player as well, wasn't he? Exactly. And, uh, um, I've I've gone for I've gone bit for him. Bit of a playboy as well. Exactly. He, he would be drinking. Uh, he would be drinking uh, Red Bull, wouldn't he? If it was and a bit him. of port. Yeah. And a bit of port. He'd be, he'd be on the on, on the, the Vardy, WKDs, wouldn't he? The, the Vardy train. Um, yeah, Frankie were though because I know what you're saying about Kante, but for me, you need a bit of flamboyance there in midfield, and also just what a footballer and and a crowd pleaser. Not necessarily. The, not necessarily the player who would uh, win you matches away from home at Old Trafford or, or, or jog back and track the uh, wide player, but you, need, you always need that sort of player in your team. Mm-hmm. So, Frank Burton, and I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this agrees with me as well. So. I've got a, my third midfielder. Got him. Esteban Cambiasso. What I, he is possibly the best footballer I have ever personally seen in a Leicester shirt. I have got Cambiasso on my bench, so I I agree with you in theory, and I would have Cambiasso maybe ahead of Kante, but I'll stick with my Is It Drinkwater and Frankie Worthington. So now we've got two players left, mm. so I hope you're playing along at home. The two left are centre-forwards, which I thought was the most difficult place to it's pick. It's hard because you can only pick two. Yes, I will pick one, and I'm pretty sure you've picked him and everyone else out there. I've gone for Gary Lineker. Yes, I have. For... All the reasons we all know. For, for being Mr. Leicester. So, the second player. This was the most hardest decision for all positions. I have left out a 20-year-old Emma Heskey. I've left out Julian Jochen from 1991. <laughs> I've left out Arthur <laughs> you, Rowley from the left, 30s yeah. and 40s. Arthur Chandler as well. Arthur Chandler. Yeah. Sepp Smith. Uh, Sepp Smith doesn't make the lineup as well. I've gone for Jamie Vardy, which I know sounds strange, but... Again, look what he did last season. The goals, where he's come from, the story, breaking that Premier League record that no one knew existed until he nearly well, until he broke it. Um, yeah, JV. Me too. Oh God, you've, <laughs> you've, you've gone for the same. You've gone for the same. Lineker and Vardy. I think um, that's to me is the best Leicester eleven. Lineker and Vardy up front. You got to look at what they've done, the goals they've scored, and. Again, you don't win the Premier League and not get in the best Leicester eleven of all time. Earlier on, we kind of did a uh, end of term school report, end of first term school report uh, from players, existing players, new players, marks out of ten. We got as far as the midfielders, I think, weren't we? I think we got. Yeah, a... we polished off midfield. I think. Yeah, just about. we're sharp end of the pyramid now. We got slightly beaten by uh, got old father time himself up in the news. So we go back to the forwards. 
so we start with uh, Ahmed Musa. Yes. Now. Interesting Musa, isn't he? A very interesting player. Yeah. Um, incredibly fast, incredibly direct. Didn't start an awful lot early on. Now has started two goals in two. So have you changed your mark in the last hour or so? Yeah. Yeah. I've changed it from a six to a seven. I've changed mine from also a six to a seven because of the obvious. Hasn't played, promised an awful lot, looks slightly disappointing, but now after Ranieri saying just needs to get more used to the Premier League, he is. He's scoring goals as well and looking incredibly dangerous. I went to Stockholm for the International Champions Cup game, Leicester versus Barcelona. That goal he scored from turning the defender on the halfway line was unreal i thought we have got a player here him and vardy are going to frighten some defenses but as you say it's taken him a little while to adapt and i think we're seeing the best of him now and that was exactly the point i had uh, my yearly flutter on golden boot i put on musa being a bit disappointed up to and so far he's, wow, got he's off the mark now yeah is it is that 70 to one leicester's golden boot or premier league golden boot very ambitious it is ambitious and it was looking incredibly poor now it's just looking really really bad yeah Slight improvement. Blow my £2.50, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to uh, Jamie Vardy? Yeah. That's mm. an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Interesting. I've gone for a six. I've gone for a seven. I've gone for a six because we're trying to base this on this season alone, not looking back to what he's done previously, because obviously last season was a ten or eleven. Um, he's not scored the goals. He went for a long period of time without scoring. The likes of Sergio Aguero went six games without scoring until today. So I'm not incredibly worried about that he set up the goal today i just feel that he's lacked in front of goal he maybe should have scored one or two more than he has and that's the reason it's not a four it's not a five he's just done okay for the pace and the quality he has i've gone seven for a couple of assists and plenty of work right yeah is he um the last year was a four four one one essentially wasn't it and is it is it problems bedding in with Slimani as well perhaps or yes he was the focus point of all the attacks he led from the front he defended from the front as well and everything went through Jamie Vardy now we've got Slimani in the team we've also got Musa occasionally coming in and, and mainly out wide so has his role changed slightly no has the personnel alongside him cha changed yes. Is that for the better? Well, for Vardy, probably not. But for the team overall and moving forward, it could well be. But the fact is, he has to get used to playing alongside these players, and um, it's just not quite worked at the current time. I don't think it's his fault. I think he's just not quite got on the end of things that he did last season. Yeah. Yeah, a, co a couple of things could have gone his way. He could have had a slight more look, or who knows, one goal in the middle of this run of eight games without a goal might have... Might have changed his mentality slightly. I'm not worried about Jamie Vardy at no, all. Me not neither. in the slightest. Thirty million pounds signing estimated. Um, Islam Slimani. Again, another really interesting player. Um, I've been really impressed with Slimani. He's also he's a big, tall, physical man, but he is agile. He's fairly quick as well. Great in the air, again, unlucky not to get another goal in the Champions League. It should have counted um, when it was up, given for offside against Copenhagen. I've gone for an eight because, again, he's come from a different country it's into a league he's never played before. Yes, he's 27. We've bought a player who is at the peak of his game. Uh, I've been impressed. Yeah, I, I was toying between a seven and an eight, and for one rare occasion I went down to a seven, but I agree with everything you said there. Sometimes he looks a little bit like Bambi on ice. 
Sometimes. Well, I think for his size, any player, any centre-forward of that size and build might. But I, I've just been impressed with the way he's settled into the team, the way he charges down defenders. I've heard a few people say he doesn't uh, close down defenders or work for the team. I don't know what they're watching. Yeah, but, uh, he is a hard-working. He is a hard-working centre-forward, which, end of the day, it doesn't matter which position you play, doesn't matter how much you are signed for, if you play for Leicester City, you need to be charging down defenders, you need to be closing down people and tackling hard and getting into the game because that's what Leicester fans want and that's what we demand and that's all we demand for. We want 100% efforts and people who really try hard for the team. So someone who's been put £30 million showing that, he's, he's got half the battle won already. Yeah, so talking about uh, boundless amounts of energy, number 20, Shinji Yokosaki. Now, now, for me, this score has gone anywhere from <laughs> all over the place. It and, is. And it, I, I, don't, I can't call it. He, he's a talking point, isn't he? I think we've, we've got him scheduled, if we've got enough time in the, in the last half an hour of the show, to talk about him a bit more. But uh, I have given him an eight. I've given him a seven because he obviously hasn't started an awful lot and when he's come off the bench he's looked lively but then in recent weeks the goal uh, the other day in the win against Crystal Palace um, really kind of cemented himself back as a Leicester player, a first team player. He was obviously a linchpin last year not scoring the goals but being that link between Vardy and the rest of the team essentially. I think because he's not started he's got to be lower than what Mark you're going to give him. Are giving him an eight? Yeah, I, uh, six. Oh, we'll settle on seven, then. Go on in, I'll let you off. We'll go for a seven. Yeah, well, um, someone who's been absent quite a lot from school at the moment, um, from the first team anyway, uh, the big Argentinian, the Yoa. Yeah, show at eight. Well, if you he scored what? that goal today, the... Uh, well, he'd uh, gone up to a ten. Yeah, a late header which went inches wide in the fifth minute of injury time at Spurs, just went wide. If he scored that, yes, he would have been right up there. Again, he's only come off the bench a couple of times. He came off the bench against Copenhagen and looked good. Um, and the thing is, he's come off the bench to have a job to do. He's not just come off the bench oh, yeah. to say, oh, we'll give a show in the last five or ten minutes. Yeah. He's come off the bench to say, look, get hold of it, keep hold of it, harry the defenders, keep the ball in the corner. Yes, it's not glamorous, but it's your job. It's your job for the team. It's how you can contribute to the result. And he's done that really well. I've given him a six. Yeah, six. It's got to be a six because he's not scored any goals, he's not been in the first team, but what he's done, he's done well. And uh, I just hope that by the end of the season, the six turns into an eight because he's come off the bench and scored some important goals. Ness and Dormer. Fantastic. Enough, enough said. Yeah, Rob's crying. I'm not crying. I'd have cried if I was there. I, well, I actually cried about the fact that I wasn't there. I was, so I was missed... commentating on volleyball in a in a... In the National Volleyball Centre in Kettering, with that on Sky Go, very much more watching that than the volleyball. It was unbelievable, and obviously people listening to this who were there, they would know and they would remember the atmosphere, and when uh, when he pulled open his top, he had the Leicester yep. shirt on underneath. Um, amazing, amazing scenes that you could watch 20, 30, 40 years' time, and they'll just be as good. You know, um, somebody asked me, um, did we manage to get Bocelli to listen to our audio description commentary? We did try and contact his people, but we didn't really get anywhere. But the most famous celebrity we've had listening, David Blunkett. Remember that? Yeah. When Sheffield Wednesday his dog, his famous, famous black Labrador. Yeah. yeah. No, he came down and, and really enjoyed it. He loved it, yeah. Because, again, I mean, we, we started at the top of the show by mentioning what we do at Leicester and we're audio description commentators. There's not many clubs out there who actually do provide the service. There's a number of Premier League clubs who sign players for 50, 60 million pounds but won't 
provide a service for blind or partially sighted fans, it's ridiculous. Couldn't couldn't afford it, said Chelsea. Bought Andriy Shevchenko the next day. Absolutely. Now, yeah. talking of emotion, I, uh, I'm going to tell a story about this shirt. Uh, I'm wearing, oh, it's the fine, it's the Fox's home shirt for this season. And, um, I bought it, uh, I had, the first day in 12 years, I got rid of all my three children, and my wife was working away, and I decided... Congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. And, uh, I was going to be driving over there, but we lost it, so I had to take the train. So I thought, I'm going to go over there, I was going to go to the, to the fanzine, fanzine store, so I thought... Do you know what I haven't done? I've been meaning to do go to Newark Museum, Newark Museum, and uh, walked and yes, seen the exhibition displays and the photos and that. No, I spent I, I spent three and a half hours there. The first hour, because it was on the uh, day that they played away to Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, and it was a really horrible, misly, drizzly day, damp, absolutely horrible. And I went there, I bumped into a guy who's been watching football from the fifties, and he was sat there watching the Great Escape video on the corner, and he's just crying his eyes out. And he came up from London because he thought it's the last day and it, it, before. It wasn't very well publicised; it been extended. Is it? Is it open it, now? or shut now? Is it now? I think it's still extended. It's still open. And it I, it should stay I open believe, until they're in the other week. And it should stay open um, whilst they're still in. Uh, it should European stay open. Send, at least send the away fans in and not are up against. Yeah, well, yeah definitely. So, uh, they're good. Uh, anyway, so I went down there. Anyway, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go down. I'm going to walk down to the stadium, buy my football shirt for the season. Good opportunity. Go down to the fan store. I love going there. And it's, as a, it's wet and drizzly. It's quite busy on a Saturday, even though it's an away game. And uh, I didn't have my glasses on. Uh, so I went over and picked up what I thought was a large shirt off the shelf. And it was off the large department, but someone had put back a small, not un- unknown to me. So I thought, I've come all this way, I better try it. I used to be a medium, I think I might just be a large these days. And they're quite tight, aren't they, these things? They can be, the, the old sports shirts, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where this story goes. Well, okay, it's busy, so I went, I shouldn't have done this, I went to the disabled changing room, which is a big old door and a big Shame old, on you. Shame on me. Uh, had a slightly bad back, so I don't, I don't know. Um, shut the door. Uh, and because it's quite misly, my mother said it's quite misling jam, and I think these are quite, this is what, polyester, isn't it, if I want of a... Some kind of some semi-flammable sort of, material. Some semi-flammable yeah. material. Better material than the shirt I'm wearing from the mid-80s. I was going to say, you've come retro. Yes, I'm wearing a, a 19, circa 1986-89 shirt with Walker's Crisps on the front and a, uh, a, a classic 80s kind of design. And, uh, basically, it doesn't matter what the weather is, you're going to sweat when you wear this because it's made out of horrible horrible plastic material mm. there's a brilliant book in the fan shop of all the different kits from uh it's about 16 pounds it's a br- brilliant book it's my next one i want to buy anyway where were we went to the disabled change room it's a small jump i didn't realize it's small and i have to say here i suffer from claustrophobia really really badly so much so if my shoelaces no joke if my shoelaces uh, get knotted i'll panic and i have to cut the laces out with uh, scissors uh, to get it off my foot. It's that bad. Anyway, I put this shirt on. It's a small, didn't realise, picked up from the last time back from. Put it on over my head and it's like shrunk wrapped me. And I absolutely then panicked trying to get it off. And I panicked by doing. Do you remember the thing where your mum used to, you cross your hands like that and you sort of pull it over you? Yeah. I tried that and got for 15 minutes, my head stuck like this, over my head. With your, with your arms crossed over your with head? With arms crossed over my head. Absolute, had an absolute panic attack. And uh, it took me 15 minutes to get out. And then you, did you eventually get a large shirt? Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, do you want to hear Claudio's post-match um, comments from the Spurs game? Yes. Let's have a listen. Let's to have a listen. 
Helps them put it into a cart, doesn't it? There we go. This is slick. There you go. You can cut that out on the podcast. We play very, very well against uh, a big team. And, uh, I, if I remember well, the last matches at Tottenham play at home, one two nil against uh, City. We made a fantastic performance uh, with uh, our Leicester spirit. There you go. I think it sums up quite well, did Claudio. He, um, he he got it right. The Leicester spirit. It's something that Claudio has done. He's he's brought into the city in the. And, and the club, he, he understands it very well. And the way he now talks about, obviously about last season, but uh, the way he talks about Leicester, he talks like a fan rather yeah. than the manager. He's been really adopted by the city as well, hasn't he? he like you say, he's created the spirit with how likeable he is uh, and, the, and the whole story of last year. He actually lives next door to somebody that I went to school with and went, came out to congratulate her on her wedding when they all came back after the wedding to the house. He, he comes across as a really nice guy, and if you compare him to other managers in the Premier League, mentioning no names, Mourinho, basically, um, what a, a really miserable outlook on life and the interaction with fans and the media. Look at Claudio, how he does it. it, it it's fantastic. And, it, and it also, it's natural as well. It doesn't like it, it's, like it's put on at all. It's a natural um, exuberance and, and just warmth to the press. And then they give it back to him as well. You know, his nickname from the Sharks. And uh, it, it, it's just a, a class act all round. And obviously, when you look at the management side, the way he's dealt with the, um, the Champions League this year, chopping and changing players, and the way he carried on that momentum last season, he's just an all round class act. Yeah, and he can, he can take players out and the players don't seem upset by it. Not at all. I mean, we mentioned earlier about Slimani not being in the uh, the 18 today, not even on the bench, because of this mysterious injury, which he's not got, obviously. He's rested for the Champions League. Okazaki was the same. Gray's missed a few matchday squads. Not, it's not a problem, because they know that they're being rested, because they'll be back in the team next week, and you need that for a team in the Champions League. And it's new to all the players, because hardly any of them have played Champions League before. Um, I think only Robert Huth, really, has played, and Moose has played for, um, for in Moscow. But... They need to have this respect of the manager. They need to have respect of the manager to be able to be dropped and then brought back in in a week or two's time. And they have that in spades for Ranieri. The way that Christian Fuchs, who uh, wrote on his own Facebook page only the last couple of days, was talking about Ranieri and the respect that all the players have for him they and, and, and the joking and the laughing that they have. But when it's time for a serious conversation... They all sit down and listen. Yeah, as an, as an anecdote story, though, last season, it's right at the, at the tail end, um, Claudio came over to Market Harbour and he has a Sunday lunch at a pub, one of the local pubs here, and uh, no amount of selfies or photographs, never refuses anything, absolutely, no, you could easier say, look, there's my day off. They and tried to feed him for free as well, didn't they, and he refused. I, I, I don't know about that. Said, look, look, you're Claudio Ranieri, have it on the house, and he was like, no, I insist, and paid, I think. And uh, a nice little quote from uh, Ranieri today, um, he's, he called today's uh, draw, obviously he mentioned that the teams that uh, Tottenham Hotspur have beat this season, Manchester City at home, he says uh, it was a really good training session today for Copenhagen on Wednesday. Another nice little nice little line there on uh, for Ranieri. Well, yeah, that, that's good. We're going to have a couple of messages and we're going to come back with listeners' questions to take us up to the top of the hour. That's, you, you prepare for those. Standing by, ready. So it is time for listeners' questions, and because we're doing it live, we can get live questions in. Which oh, is, my word. So here we go. Uh, Claire Stevens, True Blue Claire, a season ticket holder, uh, said, should Okazaki be a first-team starter? I think certainly in 
Away games, yes. I agree, because of course we're playing on two fronts now, the Champions League and the Premier League. I like to play Soleimani in Europe, and I would like to see him alongside Vardy, but Okazaki, he can always come back into the team if it's not working out, but away from home, I think he's a vital member. So for me, it, I agree with Rob. Away from home, yes, but in the Champions League, I'd like to see Vardy and Soleimani. Oh, it's been absolutely divisive, hasn't it, this question? Yeah, and... What's it's the point kind of, of how it's kind of become a bit more apparent in, in the last few weeks how how important he was when we were losing away by large margins and being completely outplayed for, the, for most of the match the gap between midfield and attack was so vast and I think that's where games were pretty much lost the midfield had too much time to to cut through us Okazaki when he plays is a more of a four four one one rather than Vardy and Slimani two out and out strikers uh, and he really does make a difference people say oh he, he, He's a striker, he's an international striker, why is he not scoring goals? He didn't need to last season, Vardy got all the goals and Mares chipped in with his fair share as well. Exactly, he had an assist in most of the goals as well by either uh, passing the ball out wide or to the player to score the goal or dragging people away. A lot of people have said we should play three centre midfielders away from home at these big clubs. I like the fact that we go away from home and play 4-4-2, play the formation we do at home uh, away at these big clubs. I like that, I like the fact that we go for the game. Okazaki though, he's not a centre forward, he is the 4-4-1 and he, for me, is the person who drops back into midfield. So should he play away from home? Yes. We shouldn't play three centre midfielders. We should play Okazaki because he's that missing link away from home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've, I've had this argument with so many people saying, what's the point of a striker who doesn't score? Um, and, you know, you go back, is it, you go back, okay, I don't think the League Cup uh, goals against Chelsea count. That's the strange competition, uh, the League Cup. But uh, you go back to, I think it was Newcastle, his uh, last Premiership game, he did a quite a spectacular overhead. Yes, uh, one of his best ever goals. It was. He doesn't score goals that hit the, you know, burst the back of the net. I think the two goals just in the scrambles them over the line. Doesn't <laughs> exactly, it? the two goals in the league cup uh, crossed the line by a matter of inches. Decent and strike against Palace, though. It was a good strike. He took it first time and. Uh, it, and that shows the confidence of a player who doesn't hit the back of the net often to take it first time and to score the goal um, and, it, and of course his, uh, his trademark celebration with Christian Fuchs where they play paper, scissors, stone and whoever loses get their, their ear flicked um, so yeah, he's a vital member of the team and uh, he might be in for the next few games Absolutely, yes, yeah, so that's the answer to the question Yes I yes, think to Claire. I think so, absolutely, yeah. com comprehensively there. Um, two questions rolled into one. I don't remember who sent this one. I forgot who sent this one in. Firstly, is, are we missing Canty? And secondly, Colin said, um, if you had one to bring someone back, would it be Walsh or Canty? Steve mm. Walsh. Very interesting. Our first question, are we missing Canty? Uh, yes, we are. Mm, are um, we missing him anymore? Now Andy King has emerged in the last three games. Uh, yes, we are. Um, because he was a superb player for his last season and a lot of the reason why we won the league and of course we're missing him because look at how he's playing for Chelsea he is a world-class centre midfielder so just as a player yes we are missing him because every team who doesn't have him or say every team who had him as a player and then he moved away they would miss him Manchester United would miss him Chelsea would miss him if he then went and signed for another club tomorrow um, so the answer is definitely yes. The second one, who do we miss more, Kante or Steve Walsh Senior? So that's not Steve Walsh. Yeah, the, the senior. Um, As in scouting, are we missing the chief scout? Are we, are we saying who who would we rather have back at the club if, if you, we could yeah. pick one? If absolutely. Uh, Steve Walsh, because he was responsible for a lot more than N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante was responsible for one position on the pitch. Steve Walsh 
is the man that discovered Kante, discovered Mares, discovered Knockout in the Championship, discovered Vardy. He he was the guy. Yes, um, I agree. Which one would I have back? It would be Steve Walsh because the signing record of Leicester is unbelievable. And why would it have changed? Uh, why would it change if he was still there? It wouldn't. It wouldn't change. We will still be unearthing decent players. Maybe not on the same hit rate as what we've had in the previous, say, four or five years. But um, I think that will be. It's a big loss to the club, and hopefully, we don't find out how big in the forthcoming years. Now you might know more about this. How, how much. How much has he developed that as a team so it could be passed on? He has got succession, or how much is it in his head? And, and when, when does his influence um, stop? Because uh, Musa was meant to be coming in ahead of um, Canty, wasn't he? Originally went out, I think, and uh, they, they tried to sign him earlier on, and they didn't, and they should get him this season. I think, I think if you look at a player and you say you judge a player on their goals um, for a centre forward, say, you judge the head of recruitment by who Leicester have signed over the last, say, five years. And you, I mean, Rob mentioned Anthony Knockhart, a fantastic signing. But you go back further, you go, you go from the goalkeeper down. Cashbush Michael, Danny Drinkwater, Matty James, the link to Manchester United by and all the, you know, the so-called cast-offs from Manchester United. Um, even players like Jamie Vardy, we've spent that million pound on Jamie Vardy. Did Steve at, Walsh have at, a lot to the, do with that? Yeah, yes, he did. The, at the time, that was a huge buy. That's a lot of money for a player that's that's jumping up. What what was it? Five divisions or something? And and of course he's he's set the scene behind the scenes. He's he's created a culture at the club of bringing through very young um, sports science graduates from places like Loughborough University, etc. Um, so is there a succession of Steve Walsh seniors? Hopefully there is. Um, I know a number of them have been poached by uh, so-called bigger clubs. Uh, there was a, a scout, a 29-year-old scout, who was poached by Arsenal. So hopefully there is one or two in behind so it doesn't leave a huge void. But it just shows you how much Everton wanted to sign him. Um, and I know they played the card of living up in the northwest where he's originally from. But they went after him big time. Absolutely. Now, um, one look. We got just oh, just about four and a half minutes to squeeze this one in. And nine-year-old Hannah, it must be my daughter, um, said to me to ask you guys who will be the top goal scorer for Leicester this season. Such a good question. And also, if you look back on Twitter, you'll see Hannah's picture of Riyad Mahrez. Not that she's trying to influence us or anything, but that's a quality pitch she's how old nine she's she's eight when she drew that and she's just had a ninth birthday i, I can't draw like that now and i won't tell you how old i am no um i yeah uh, i think to answer the question it will be jamie vardy i think jamie vardy will get his scoring boots back on and uh, he will be the top scorer for leicester will he be anywhere near what he got last season probably not but uh, I think he's going to start on uh, Wednesday against Copenhagen. I'm not sure if Hannah meant uh, just the Premiership, Premier League, or the European Games as well. Ooh, interesting twist. Um, I will still say Jamie Vardy, because he's in my all-time Leicester eleven. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'll say Gary Lineker then, based on that. Frankie Werther, he, he can be. No, I think, um, I think Slomani could get close. Yes, I think he's decent with his feet and he scores a lot of quality-headed goals. Mm. Uh, I, I do know someone who wants it to be uh, Musa as well, maybe to hit 25 <coughs> or 30. <laughs> I would love it to be. <laughs> I would love it to be. Um, do you not think that maybe people have cottoned on to Vardy a bit? Um, we're running around behind and passing through to him and you kind of need Canty the pass to drink you the pass to Vardy to score. Yes, obviously a lot of teams have now sat back slightly, but also you look at who set the goals up 
for Jamie Vardy at one point last season Riyad Mahrez had 16 goals 16 assists which was way more than any other player in the league so-called assist king Meza Ozil at Arsenal was nowhere near him and it's because of the uh, vision and the wizardry of Mares that's led to Vardy scoring the goals. So is it just down to Vardy himself? No, it's the other players who have been assisting Vardy for the last 18 months or so. It's, is it because they've been doubled up by the opposition? And every time Mares gets the ball, there's always two or three players near him now. That's very true, isn't it, there? So uh, uh, you're saying Vardy... I'm saying Vardy. Y- yeah, I'd like it to be Slomani, but I think it'll be Vardy. Yeah, my heart says... Well, 10 o'clock at night, Hart said once, Musa, which I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Slimani. He starts poaching those goals and gets that big head in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I watched the YouTube video of his last 30 goals, um, and it, just, he's just an extraordinary player. He's, he's settled in really well, and like I said earlier, he works hard for the team. He, uh, I think Leicester fans can identify with the player now. I think they've, they've realised what he's about. And again, he's just, he's just joined us. He's only played a handful of Premier League games. Once he gets really up and running in the Premier League, I think he's. I think in certain games he's going to be devastating. Absolutely. Now uh, we've got about just about a minute and a half. Do we have to say goodbye? I can't believe where the time's gone. It's five to seven already. Flown I'm, by. I'm going to play out with uh, one of the songs I really think sums up last year's Leicester game. Uh, so why not? Can you just remind us um, how? Uh, the listener can hear the podcast and how they can find you for going forwards as well oh they can find us on pretty much every single medium going we are for fox sake podcast yep so we are at ffs pod on twitter yep at ffs pod on twitter and if you go on facebook just type in for fox sake uh, podcast and then click like and then you can follow us on there because all the links to every single episode that we do are all on there and then there's photos and there's also little competitions and games that we do play on there as well so give us a listen and you can listen through soundcloud or through itunes type in for fox Eight podcast on there as well and what we'll do for the special one as well i'll send you the i'll upload it onto mixcloud which will be the full show so your listeners your, your people tune in to you can have the option of listening with or without the music and a bit better get idea there thank you so much for coming in uh, we, uh, a week ago I was just happened to be doing some work and listening and someone said oh what should we do something differently and it's a sort of it clicked and it worked um, by coincidence you guys weren't working today um, Leicester played at 3 o'clock which is quite strange these days yes. well, it, well, last, it, it to last came year. together for us didn't it 